What's up, everybody? My name is Adam Badger, and welcome to Talkin' Fit. Hey, what's up? Thanks for listening in. I truly appreciate it. As usual, if you guys get any uh, value out of this podcast, which I believe you will because we're talking about a very popular topic today, uh, please feel free to share it with anyone that you know who would benefit from this information. Share it as your Instagram story. Make sure you tag me. Share it on Facebook. Spread the link. Text it to people. Mass text it to your friends, whatever. Uh, the more people we can get listening in on this, uh, the more often I will do it and uh, the more it'll grow over time. So uh, my goal over the next year uh, is to really, really focus on growing this podcast. So I'm going to really try to make the content on here as useful and applicable as possible, really try to educate you guys on as much stuff as I know as possible and give you as much value as possible. Honestly, on these podcasts, I don't hold anything back as far as information goes. So if you really want to learn how to lose weight, how to be flexible with dieting, how to train, all that stuff, please listen in. And if you know someone who does, please share it with them. Uh, I'm not like, you know, hiding any information for you or trying to get you to buy a product at the end. I'm just giving you good quality information uh, that's true and useful, and hopefully you guys are applying it. So today, uh, we're going to be talking about alcohol and weight loss. And to give you a quick little story leading into that because it relates to this. So I uh, actually didn't have my first drink, alcoholic drink, until I was 27. So in high school, I made the decision that I wasn't going to drink. Um, I just grew up around uh, substance abuse and I saw like the effects of, that drugs and alcohol have on people, so at a young age, I made a conscious decision that I wasn't going to do that. And I, I can't really articulate uh, when I made that decision, or there wasn't like a specific moment. I just, as far, as far as I remember, I just was like, I'm not gonna do that. And I just remember in high school, never drinking, in my 20s, never drinking, not drinking on my 21st birthday, and it was a huge part of my identity, because anyone who knew me knew that I didn't drink. Um, I was never the type of person, though, who was against going to parties or who judged other people for drinking. It wasn't like I wasn't fun. I was still pretty fun. Um, I just chose not to. And I was always super relaxed about it. I didn't make a big deal about it. If someone asked me, I would I would explain to them that I didn't. Um, and as I got older um, and people could tell that like I worked out, they always assumed that it was like a health thing that I was choosing not to drink because I thought it was unhealthy and that would always be everyone's lead in, which is a whole other side conversation about how people will uh, project their insecurities onto you. So if you're the one not having a drink uh, and you happen to be someone who's in shape or, you know, uh, whatever, in shape or looks like they're into fitness or people know that you're into fitness, they automatically go into that sarcastic, like, oh, what do you think this is going to blah, 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 uh, because they think you're just trying to be healthy. And so isn't that, it's just an interesting thing when you're, when people believe that you're trying to be healthy or make a healthy decision and they're making the opposite decision, how they automatically get defensive, even if you never said anything that it has anything to do with health. So just keep that in mind next, uh, even with this podcast today, keep that in mind. Whenever you're making a decision to moderate certain behavior and people are giving a shit about it, don't let that deter you or make that make you feel uh, like you're being a bummer because it's just their insecurities projected onto you. But anyway, everyone always assumed that it was a health thing and then I would explain that it wasn't and then when I was super cool about it and relaxed, everyone, no one cared and they just, you know, they didn't ask about it again and just went on having a good night.
So, um, you know, a lot of times we, I guess, hold ourselves back because we're so worried about what someone else is going to think. And truly, like, no one actually gives a shit what you're doing. We just think people do uh, because we're in our own head a lot. So when I decided to have a drink for the first time, uh, it might not sound like a big deal, but it was a very big deal to me because I had built it up in my head as like, there's this, this, this thing that I wasn't going to do. And even though I didn't judge other people for doing it, like any friend I've ever had has drank alcohol. Any girlfriend I've ever had has drank alcohol. I've hung out with them while they're drinking. Like I said, it wasn't like a, uh, on a soapbox sort of, uh, approach with me. I just chose not to. But uh, when I first decided to have a drink, it was really a big decision in my brain because I was like, I've never done this before. Like, it's a, it's a huge part of my identity. Like, once I do this, now I'm like, can never say that I haven't drank before, right? So I, it's, it's one of those things once you cross that line, you can't. And now that I'm older and more mature, like, I realize how, like, it sounds crazy. But at the time, it felt like a really big decision in my brain. So uh, I had, you know, drinks for the first time. And the reason why was because I went on vacation uh, with my now wife. But at the time, she was my girlfriend. We went to Mexico for the first time. Uh, and it was, so was kind of like a once-in-a-lifetime trip, even though we ended up going back, like, uh, a year and a half later to get married. But anyway, um, I was like, all right, I'm just going to have drinks. Uh, who knows when I'm going to go on another vacation again? Because I also had never been on one before. Anyway, I uh, had drinks. And then when I came back, I was like, well, now that I've had drinks, I can't really say that I don't drink. So what's the big deal if I have one once in a while? And uh, But in my mind, I thought like everyone's going to judge me for it because I hadn't drank for so long and everyone knew that I didn't. So I like would have like a drink or two like on the weekends with, with Meg, who at the time was my girlfriend, but I like wouldn't. I didn't tell anybody for like a long time, like a couple of months, um, maybe even longer. Uh, so I, I just, just like would have a couple of drinks, you know, on the weekends with her, but then I wouldn't tell anybody, which made it again, made it sound like a bigger deal than it actually fucking was. And then anyway, uh, when I eventually told like my friends or told like my family, like, yeah, like, uh, I just, you know, I decided it was like, it was okay if I have a drink once in a while, no one gave a shit. And in my mind, I thought everyone was going to judge me. I thought everyone was going to think I was like a, like a, a hypocrite or whatever and no one cared if anything they were relieved my friends were just like oh man thank god now you can actually like have a beer with us that's that's uh that's awesome so uh just don't let your mind hold you back or make your mind's always going to make bigger deals out of things than than it needs to be that being said uh leading into today's podcast alcohol and weight loss uh going over exactly like how alcohol affects weight loss and uh, I guess maybe not more importantly, but more applicably, how can you fit it into your lifestyle while still uh, being able to live a healthy uh, life and lose weight? So I, like I said, I have drinks once in a while. Um, and when I say once in a while, I don't mean that it's like once a month. I would say at least once a week, uh, me and my wife have some drinks, whether that's on like a Friday night, if we get a bottle of wine, or, um, you know, sometimes maybe it's Friday and Saturday night, or Friday and Saturday and Sunday night, right? Uh, the the trick with that is that like, we're not getting like fucking hammered, <laughs> you know? If we have wine, we get like a bottle of wine, so we each have two glasses, and then the bottle's done, and then that's it, right? The chances that you're going to then go to the store and buy more drinks is very, very slim. So uh, that's one tip that I'll, we can get to later, just like you know, limiting the amount that's in your house. It really helps a lot. So uh, yeah, I'm not someone who's like, I drink once a month or I drink once every three months, then I'm going to try and tell you how to fit this into your lifestyle, but it's not realistic. I know most people that I work with 
are going to drink at least once or more per week. So when I'm working with clients, I have to educate them on how to fit that into their lifestyle because the key with weight loss is you can't change your lifestyle completely or avoid things that you enjoy doing too much or else you won't be able to stick to it. The big problem with diet and uh, you know weight loss lifestyle changes is that people think that they need to make these big 180 degree changes. Now for someone who has a drastically unhealthy lifestyle, they may need to make 180 degree changes, but those are with small 10 degree turns over time. So it doesn't matter if you want to lose 10 pounds or 200 pounds, you can't just completely change your life overnight and you can't completely eliminate things that you know you're going to do. The best course of action is to learn and educate yourself or have someone educate you uh, on how to fit the things that you enjoy doing into your lifestyle. So if you enjoy having drinks, there's nothing wrong with that. You can totally do that and lose weight and see great results and live and be healthier. Um, you just got to learn about it and then learn how to apply it to your uh, specific life. Now, that being said, you have to understand something. And uh, this is a very important thing to really wrap your head around and kind of shift your mindset on is that just because you can fit something in doesn't mean it's healthy. So trying to jump through hoops to convince yourself that certain decisions are healthy, um, it's just, I guess it's just more more delusional, just misleading. It's okay to make unhealthy decisions. I actually think that unhealthy decisions in moderation are very healthy overall. For example, with alcohol, alcohol is not healthy. There are no healthier alcohols. There's no like, oh, this drink is healthier than this drink. Alcohol in general is inherently unhealthy. It's a toxin. You're not supposed to be drinking it. That's why it makes you drunk, right? It's not supposed to, it's not supposed to go into your body, right? It's it's a toxin. So trying to find a way to convince yourself that drinking this drink over this drink or whatever is healthier uh, is just being delusional. So again, I always want to educate you guys. Don't fool yourselves into thinking that alcohol is healthy, but know that it's okay to make unhealthy decisions along the way of living a healthier life. If you live just 100% healthy, you will not be super happy. But if you live 100% unhealthy, you will also not be happy. You'll just be distracted by with all the little vices that you have uh, throughout the week. So alcohol is kind of like the fourth macro. So the macros, you guys probably know by now if you've been listening to this, is fats, carbs, protein. Those are the three macronutrients that most people track. The reason why are they're the three nutrients that have calories that actually add up to your calorie total. So in order to lose weight, you have to be in a calorie deficit. If you learn how to track your macros, that helps you achieve a calorie deficit. As you know, with my clients, I just have them focus on their protein and their calories. Uh, we pay attention to macros. We just don't have like these specific goals. Um, but for some of my like more advanced clients, we might get there if, if they really want to like like nail things down or like tighten things up. But for the average person, you don't need to be tracking all three macros meticulously. But anyway, um, a lot of macro coaches will coach people on how to track alcohol. And they'll basically say, you know, uh, take the calories that come from alcohol and then divide it uh, by either your fat or your carbs and just take that amount out of your fat and carbs. 
I think that can get a little too a little complicated. Realistically, all you have to do when you're tracking alcohol is just know the calories that you're intaking and then subtract it from your total calories and still hit your protein for the day. That's the simplest way to do it. Instead of worrying about subtracting from your uh you know, divided by your fat calorie count and all that stuff. Just take the total amount of calories you drink in alcohol and then eat that many calories less throughout the day, but still hit your protein. That's the best way to go about it. Now, alcohol, though, is seven calories per gram. So what that means is if you were to weigh out alcohol on a scale, every gram is about seven calories. Now, most people are not going to be weighing out the alcohol, but I just, again, I want to educate you guys so you know this stuff. Uh, the more you know, uh, the more you can apply it. So alcohol is seven calories per gram. If you know the other macro breakdowns, fat is nine calories per gram. Protein and carbs are four calories per gram. So that means alcohol is the second highest calorie per gram macronutrient, which is why those calories can add up pretty fast because for one gram, you're getting seven calories and they're liquid calories. So they don't fill you up. You know, they don't take long to die, like uh, break down. They just go right to your stomach, right? You just <laughs> down the hatch. Um, you don't have to chew it. it. It just takes, it just adds up very, very quickly and it doesn't fill you up basically. So knowing that going in, uh, to if you're going to have drinks and stuff like that, just understand that you can wrap your mind around that any way you want, but you have to know the calories that you're intaking most of the time, and you have to be able to still hit your protein that day. Now, like anything, the, uh, a, a new phrase that I've kind of like picked up on is the poison is in the portions, right? So how much you drink determines on uh, how I guess, aware or strict you have to be of it, the, your frequency. So let's say you're drinking, you know, four, five nights per week, which I definitely wouldn't recommend, even if you are still hitting your calorie goals. But if you're drinking four or five, six nights per week, right, the more frequently you do it, the more you have to kind of pay attention to the calories. If you're drinking like once a week, you can be very, very lenient. You know, am I saying to go drink three bottles of wine to your face? Probably not. But, you know, if you are drinking one night per week, and you drink a whole bottle of wine uh, yourself, which I've done, <laughs> um, that doesn't mean that's going to ruin your, your progress for the week. Uh, so uh, I'm going to break down a few of the you know, more popular alcohols that I see and just give you an idea of like what those calories look like. So wine is around 140 to 200 calories per glass. Uh, so the thing with wine is that like a normal pour is about like four or five ounces. Uh, most people, when they're pouring a glass of wine, are pouring a little bit more than that, like you know a little bit of a heavier pour, which is fine. So that's why it's a, that's what leads to the bigger range. But on average, a glass of wine, you can assume even if you don't know the the brand or you're not like tracking it in your phone or you're out to dinner and you're ordering it, you know, you can assume it's probably between 140 to 200 calories per glass. So just do that math in your head. If you're drinking three glasses of wine at dinner, it's anywhere between 450 to 600 calories, which you know is a lot for one day. Uh, so if you have, so if you're keeping that in mind, you can now prepare for it. All right, it's not good, it's not bad. It's just you can prepare for it. Vodka and tequila are both around 70 to 90 calories per shot. Okay, again, that's important because it's per shot. So if you have like a little jigger, it's about 1.5 ounces. Every 1.5 ounces is about 70 to 90 calories. So if you're having a you know tequila or vodka seltzer, 
that is going to be a lower calorie drink than a glass of wine, which means you can have pretty much two tequila vodkas, tequila or vodka seltzers for every one glass of wine. So if you want to have a couple more drinks that night, then having the tequila or vodka in seltzer will allow that opportunity for you. But you have to make sure that they're, you know, singles. If you're getting doubles or you're doing heavy pours, the calories just add up faster. So again, just being aware of that. Now, this is like that whole uh, people will be like, oh, I, you know, they think clear alcohol is like healthier. Just talked about before. There are no healthier alcohols, whether it's uh, White Claw, Trulies, things like that. Like they're not healthier. They're just lower calorie. And there's a difference. Not everything that just because lower calorie doesn't mean that's healthier. It just might be easier to fit it into your calories for the day. Uh, your typical beer is anywhere usually between 100 to 150 calories, depending on which one you get. Uh, an IPA though is about 150 to 250 calories. So an IPA can be almost double the amount of calories, uh, almost triple the amount of calories uh, than one beer. Because if you take like a Corona Light, which is about 99 calories, but you get like a a, a pretty decent sized can of like an IPA, I've seen some of them that are up to like 270 calories per bottle or per can. Uh, so you're talking almost triple the amount of calories. So again, being aware of that gives you the opportunity to plan better. Bourbon or whiskey is usually about 100 to 120 calories, again, per shot. So we want to be aware of that. Uh, if you're drinking bourbon straight, you just want to be aware of how many shots you put in. So instead of just pouring it directly in the glass, Use a jigger or measuring cup and just, you know, get a couple, know how many ounces you're intaking. It, these are small little sacrifices to make. Uh, and the hard seltzer is about 100 to 120 calories. So those are like the most common ones that I've dealt with with clients. I'm sure there's, there's other drinks out there that I've missed. Now, those are all just the alcohols, right? So that doesn't include mixers. So if you get like a margarita, you're going to shoot those calories way up because there's sugar in there. There's agave. There's the sour mix. Um, there's triple sec usually. Like it just shoots the calories way, way up. Uh, same thing with like if you're mixing things with obviously if you're mixing them with soda uh, it's going to shoot the calories up diet soda has no calories so it's not going to add any calories so just use common sense with that stuff but mixers are another thing to pay attention to when you go to a bar if you order like a sangria now you're just pretty much drinking like a sugar bomb there's sugar in it they use, sometimes they put sprite in it or like uh, some sort of soda to sweeten it there's usually uh, wine there's fruit so the, the calories on like a sangria can add up really really fast and the sugar but when we are drinking alcohol, right, we are also affecting other things. This is where we have a conversation about uh, food quality, not just food quantity. So your calorie total is always going to determine whether or not you lose weight. But you have to pay attention to food quality. If you're not paying attention to food quality or the quality of your calories, it's going to affect your weight loss. Because the harder it is for your for your body to digest the foods you're putting in it, or the less you're recovering from workouts, or the more it's affecting your sleep, uh, that is going to take away from your body's ability to build lean muscle, which is going to affect your body composition or your weight loss goals. All right, if you are constantly undoing the the you know or not recovering from the work you're putting in in the gym, it's going to affect your results. It just is. So you have to pay attention to that stuff. Results results from your workouts are what determine like your long-term uh health benefits or, or the physical benefits you get 
What I mean by that is, is if you're just exercising and you're not paying attention to the other 23 hours of the day, uh, there's nothing wrong with that, but you're not going to see the best results from it. You have to pay attention to this other stuff. Do you have to have a master's degree in it? No, but you have to be aware of these sort of things. So when we drink alcohol, it's not just about the calories. There's other things that happen. Uh, first of all, it usually affects your sleep. Now, generally when you drink, um, even if you're not drinking to excess, you can still really feel the effects when you wake up the next morning. So even if you're not hungover, you generally don't get the best sleep uh, when it's semi-alcohol induced. So again, even if you only have like two glasses of wine, uh, is that going to drastically affect you? No. But is it going to affect your sleep? Yeah. The more you drink, the more it affects your sleep. If you're going to bed drunk, um, you're dehydrated when you're going to bed, you're not getting good sleep, your body's still trying to break down the alcohol because it wants to get rid of it because it's a toxin. So when your body's digesting stuff, it puts you into like this uh, this state, your body's in the state where it can't fully relax because it's trying to get this job done. And it's also a toxin, so that's stress on the body. It's called like metabolic stress. So when you eat things that don't agree with you and you eat them in large quantities, it causes metabolic stress, which is stress on your metabolism. And the harder it is for your body to break something down or the more stress it's under, the less likely you are to get a good night's sleep or to recover. Um, generally, when we drink, our, we get more cravings, right? So we start thinking like, ooh, those chips sound really good. Uh, oh, that ice cream in the, in the fridge sounds really good, right? So you have a couple of drinks, food just tastes better. I don't know the fucking science behind it, but it's true. If you go to dinner and you have a drink before dinner, that food's going to fucking taste better. It just does. I don't know why, but it does. So when you're drinking, those cravings go up. More palatable food tastes even better. So food that's already highly palatable, that's easy to overconsume, now even tastes better and you crave it more when you're a little bit tipsy. Uh, you also have less inhibition. So when you're tipsy or drunk, it lowers your inhibitions. You're less likely to say no to you know the, the chips on the table, the ice cream in the freezer, the those cookies in the pantry, like whatever, you're less likely to say no to those things. Uh, and again, the later it gets into the night, uh, the less sleep you get, and um, the drunker you are, the more likely you are to say yes to pizza or things like that. Uh, and then recovery, obviously, we talked about that. It's a toxin, so your body's trying to get rid of it, it's trying to process it and get it out because it doesn't want it in there. Uh, so, and then it's also dehydrating you, the, it's affecting your sleep. So the next morning, you are less likely to be able to get a good workout in. You might not be fully recovered from the workout you did the day before. And if you accumulate that over time, it just leads to stalling your results. So you have to pay attention to this stuff. So how do you take all of that information that I just gave you and apply it to your life? So if you are trying to lose weight, we know that we want to be in a calorie deficit. So first step would be to fit alcohol into your calories a few nights or a couple nights a week so that you can still enjoy you know your your drinks or still enjoy going out but it's not drastically affecting your weight loss i would say if you are actively trying to lose weight a good kind of uh gauge to to use would be to try to limit to four to six drinks per week now if you hear that and you're like okay that sounds pretty reasonable awesome give it a shot if you hear that and you're like what four to six drinks per week that's like nothing I think you have to take an objective look at your lifestyle. Uh, are there weeks where I have more than four to six drinks in a week? Yeah, if I'm on vacation or maybe if it's like the week of Christmas and it's like, so it's like Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Yeah, I'm sure that's definitely happened. Absolutely. Um, but if you're consistently 
drinking a lot more than that, uh, it's going to affect you. It, it just will. Uh, so four to six drinks per week is a good gauge to stand. If you break that up, that that could be three drinks two nights a week. Uh, that could be two drinks three nights a week. That could be you know four drinks in one night, six drinks in one night. Uh, not saying I recommend that, but you could still do that. Um, I would recommend spreading out over at least two nights. Uh, having six drinks in one night every single day, every single week is probably not a great idea. But if you're doing the math on that roughly, that means if you're doing four to six drinks per week, that's adding about 400 to 1200 calories to your weekly calories. Again, this is just based off of the alcohol calories that I gave you. That's not including things like mixers and things like that. Uh, you can go to a, a bar and get a mixed drink and it might have 400 calories in that one fucking drink. So this is just assuming that you're having wine, some sort of beer or um, a vodka, tequila, or bourbon whiskey, uh, maybe with seltzer, or some sort of no-calorie add-in. So if you know how to track calories and you know that you are trying to lose weight, fitting that into your budget is pretty easy. So if you want to have two glasses of wine on Friday and two glasses of wine on Saturday, or you know two glasses of wine on Friday and you know three vodka seltzers or tequila seltzers on Saturday, you can do that while still seeing results. Again, if you are hearing those numbers and you're like, "Oh my God, that sounds like I'm, what am I? Uh, <laughs> what am I a nun? Like, uh, how, how am I supposed to live like that?" Then I think you just need to take an objective look at your lifestyle and be like, "Okay, well, maybe I'm drinking to excess too much, and that's why I'm not sleeping that great, or my digestion's off, or I don't feel awesome." Again, not saying that uh, you can't drink more nights per week, but we want to control the amount. The more frequently we do it, if you wanted to have one glass of wine every single night. You could do that, and you could still lose weight. Uh, that would add up to seven drinks per week, but because it's such a small quantity each night, you're less likely to go over your calories. You're less likely to overindulge on food. But as you get more consistent, you'll start to look at these things a little bit differently, look at it more of an educated mindset. Okay, do I want to spend that 200 calories on wine when I could spend it on maybe more carbs at breakfast or more carbs at dinner? Uh, am I not recovering as well? So that's the conversations we can have uh, that I have my one-on-one clients when I'm tracking all those markers. So I want to leave you off of this one other thing uh, before we wrap this up. So I, I throw a lot of numbers at you and stuff like that. How to apply it is what do you drink regularly and then just try to fit that into your week, one or two nights a week. Trying to limit it to two to three drinks per time and uh, four to six drinks total per week and just work that into your calories. If you find that that is easy to maintain, <clears throat> and you're still feeling good in the gym, you're getting good workouts, stick with it. If you feel like you're, um, you know, don't want to spend that many calories on, on drinks, you can start reducing it. And just remember what I said at the beginning, if people are projecting their insecurities onto you, don't let that you know, deter you. Just stick to your guns. No one actually gives a shit. They're just projecting their own insecurities onto you. But I want to talk to you about the missing out mindset. The missing out mindset, it can be a huge thing that holds you back. Most people just focus on the small things they may be quote unquote missing out on and they're willing to uh, put those things into your life and sacrifice the long-term benefits uh, for the short-term you know, comfort or convenience. So on paper, most great things sound shitty. So think about losing 100 pounds or losing 30 pounds or losing 50 pounds, whatever it is, getting leaner, you know, getting uh, fitting into your clothes, right? The process of that, if you list it out, 
to you may sound shitty. It may sound like you're missing out. Oh, I have to, you know, I have to think about how many drinks I'm gonna have. I have to think about my calories. I have to think about, oh, I have to eat more protein. I gotta work out, you know, a, a few times a week. Like it sounds like a fucking chore, but if you if you just accept that as part of your day, right, as part of the sacrifice, the small sacrifice. Once you get to the result, none of that shit's gonna matter. So, like to me, not having, uh, you know, uh, a bag of Doritos every time I watch TV doesn't sound like a big sacrifice to me just because i've been doing it for i've not been doing that for such a long time it doesn't even occur to me to even keep chips in the house but for someone who's used to eating chips every single night while they watch tv it sounds like this huge sacrifice oh i can't eat my chips anymore but once you lose that 10 15 20 pounds you feel better in your clothes you're like oh i don't fucking need those chips so it's that missing out mindset that holds you back but think about on paper like a lot of great things sound shitty uh take you know my job for example being a coach being a trainer uh, it's very fulfilling, and I've I love doing it. But if you were to write it on paper and say like to the average person, hey, you're gonna have to start getting up at four a.m. You're gonna have to start you know thinking about weight loss all the time. Oh, you're gonna have to live your life in a healthier way to set an example for other people. So you have to like hold yourself to a higher standard. Oh, you're gonna have to work like split shifts. Like you're gonna have to put out a lot of con. Like you're gonna have to do a lot of things that you don't know how to do put, uh, at first, putting on content. Starting your own business is, is again, sounds like a, such a shitty thing when you write out all the things you got to do on paper. I think about being a parent. You know, a lot of my clients are parents. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have kids. Think about that written on paper. Like, who the fuck would sign up for that, right? You got to, like, take care of this human. You, your social life takes a hit. Your sex life takes a hit. You're tired and your sleep takes a hit. You got to spend more money on someone else. You can't do as many things. They like throw tantrums. They cry. You, you just they're constantly like worried about them. You go to this constant emotional, uh, these emotional swings on a day to day basis where like they're annoying the living shit out of you, but you also like would take a bullet for them. It's such a like who would sign up for that, right? And when you just write out all those things on paper, but anyone who is a parent, when you're in it and you have your kid, you realize like how you can't picture life without them and how much you love them and how like none of that shit actually matters because you just want them to be happy, you want them to be healthy and you, and you love them so much. So once you have a kid, you realize all that stuff. But before you have a kid, I think for most people, if you were to just write if you were to just write those things out on paper, the stuff that goes on when you have a kid, but you weren't to tell you weren't even you weren't telling someone hey, this is what happens when you have a baby. So you take the baby part out of their mind, you just go, you're going to have to change someone's diaper. You're going to have to wipe poop constantly. Every single day, there's poop. There's pee every single day. He'll probably, They'll probably pee on you. You got to take care of this human. Your, your sleep's going to be worse. Your sex life's going to take a hit at first. Your social life's going to take a hit long term. You now don't have the freedom to just drop things and do what you want. You have this big level of responsibility. You have this big level of stress because it's something that you care about so much that you think about it all the time. Like, who would sign up for that shit? No one. But it's awesome when you're in it. It's hard to explain. It's the same thing with being in shape. Like on paper, if you're not in shape or you're not where you want to be with your body, the process of it is going to sound shitty because it forces you to do things a little bit differently. So if you're someone who just drinks whenever you want, whatever you want, however much you want, eats whatever you want, doesn't exercise very regularly or takes months off at a time, to tell someone that they now have to like pay attention to their food, pay attention to their alcohol, and start exercising regularly for the rest of their life, everyone's on at first. Everyone's gonna be like, "Ugh, I don't want to do any of that," which is why so many people quit on fitness because they don't stick with it long enough to see the other side. So when you actually get to the body you want, and you feel really good, and you know this stuff, and you're built better habits, and you sleep better, and your stomach doesn't feel off, and you don't have as much anxiety, and you, all that stuff is happening. 
and you live a longer, healthier, happier life, you're not going to be like, ah, oh, fuck, this sucks because I had to have six drinks this week instead of 10. That sucks. This isn't worth it. That's just sounding stupid when you listen out like that. So I hope this was helpful, guys. If you have any specific questions on anything that I talked about, feel free to email me. I believe this episode should be coming out, I don't know, maybe, a, maybe I'll already have done my talk, but if not, I have a, I have a talk at ABC Sports of Venice in Latham on October 22nd. Uh, and if you have any uh, questions about you know what it's like to coach with me, and if, if you need help with this stuff and you feel like doing it on your own is, is not your, the best thing in the world and doesn't yield the best results, which if you've been trying to lose weight for on your own for more than six months and it hasn't really work, worked, you probably need to get coached, which is not a big deal. You should probably do it because it's awesome. Uh, so when I say six months, most people are like, oh, I've been trying to lose that same 30 pounds for the last 15 years. Well, then you probably should have a coach 14 years and six months ago. So start now, right? All right, guys, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening.